Our theme that we kicked off this year here at Emerge Youth Church is victory. And we want to see students, you guys, live lives full of victory. What, what does victory mean? That means we win, right? We win. And so I want to see God do some great things in your life where you win, where you can look at these things and you could say, only because of God, only because of what God did in my life, I have the victory. And so I want you guys to be uh, uh, thinking about that, to be processing that, to be living that, and to be celebrating that. And I want to uh, welcome you again tonight. I want to encourage you guys every week when you're here to take notes, to write some things down, because who knows what God could speak to your heart tonight. I want to ask that while I'm up here speaking, I'm not going to take a real long time tonight. Please don't be a distraction to the people around you. Don't be um, Snapchatting. Don't be on your phones. Don't be texting, playing around. Uh, let's just have a few moments of focus tonight while, while I share with you guys. So um, does anybody know what happens, what kicks off, what starts tomorrow night? One person knows it's the March Madness NCAA tournament. Anybody excited for that? All right. All right. Um, someone yell out, yell out who you think is going to win. Carolina, Kansas. What? I heard some Carolina, Oregon. Anything else? I personally think I personally feel that Villanova is going to win it all. That's just my guess. That's just my guess. I don't know. That's just my guess. Well, they're not even in it, so <laughs> my team's not in it, so I can pick anyone else. Um, hey, real quick, any Chiefs fans in the house? Well, all right, all right. Do we have any uh, Royals fans in the house? Tonight? Oh, wow. Okay. Do we have any Mavericks fans in the house tonight? We got any Sporting KC fans in the house tonight? Do we have any KU fans? <laughs> Do we have any Mizzou fans in the house? All right. All right. Well, here's here's the deal. You need to know this. And I, I know I've said this probably a hundred times, but I support uh, the, the, the sport that I love the most of all sports is college football. It's the greatest. It's the best. I don't know what it is, but it's the best college football. And I'm a big Oklahoma Sooners fan. That's where I grew up. That's where I'm from. From Oklahoma, I'm an Okie, and that's okay. And so I grew up in Oklahoma, and I strongly believe, I'm calling it right now, OU wins the national championship this year. Calling it right now. This video uh, I'm about to show you. Now, if you don't know this, um, if, if there is a high school student in your school, and they are extremely, extremely good at their sport, um, they're really good. They will actually get recruited by different colleges, by all these kinds of different colleges to come and play for their school. These college coaches will come to your school if you have a really good athlete and they'll say, hey, I want you to come and play for my college. And so um, when I was a sophomore in high school, there was this guy who was a senior and this guy was probably like six foot four, like 300 pounds. Like he was an offensive lineman. He was a massive man and like this guy was was huge but like he could run as fast as i could like it was it was unbelievable like the size of this man and the speed of this guy and he he was he was huge he had i remember him showing me one day he had letters from almost every major college football program like notre dame was sending him like the biggest 
football programs there were. USC, Oklahoma, like Alabama, all these huge schools were sending him. He had letters from almost every major college football program asking him to come to their school. Well, long story short, he um, didn't make good enough grades, and so he went to like a community college. But um, anyways, but I want to set up this video. I want to show you this video. So if you're in, you're in high school, you, you're really good at sports. You have all these college programs coming to look at you, coming to talk to you, coming to recruit you to go to their schools and, and all, every major school. And so what happens is these guys, these high school students will put on these press conferences to, and they'll, they'll, it'll be on the media, it'll be everywhere, and they'll put on these, like, it's a press conference, and what this guy do, he'll sit down at a table, and his parents will be here, his family will be around him, and then he's got, like, these hats sitting in front of him, I don't know if you guys have seen this, of the, of the three or four college football programs that he could be choosing from, and so, uh, which I really think this is so dumb, and it's so arrogant, but whatever, um, this guy, uh, what I'm going to show you he, he actually, he had um, his choice, his three choices were between the Auburn Tigers, were the Tennessee Volunteers, and the Clemson Tigers. And I want you guys to watch what he does. So if you didn't catch what was going on, this guy chose to play football for the Clemson Tigers. And like, he, he stood up there and he, he'd grab the Auburn hat and like, oh, is, is he going to pick Auburn? And then he put it down and then like, he touched the Tennessee hat, like, nah. And they started to put, he started to put the Tennessee, nah, nah. Then they had to make this whole thing. Anyways, finally, he picks the Clemson hat. And this guy is like one of the top recruited high school, one of the top athletes in the nation, all, all around. And so for this guy, um, he, he picks this, this, his team's hat, and, and he, he, puts on, he puts on the Clemson hat, the Clemson Tigers. And so for this guy... His Tennessee story ended when he put the hat down and put on the Clemson hat. Uh, My my fear is that a lot of people tonight, uh, my fear is this, is that this guy's Tennessee story is your Jesus story. Like at some point at, at here at Emerge or at church or in front of your parents, you you start to put on the, the team Jesus hat and... But, but maybe you left and you walked away and you turn around and you put on a different hat. You're being a different person. You're going a different place. For some of you, this, kid, this kid's Tennessee story is your Jesus story. See, here's what I want you to know tonight, that if you're going to live a victorious life, and we're talking all about living in victory and being a victorious person in Christ, one day, here's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to come back. And there's going to be like the final buzzer is going to go off. And, and, and there's two sides. There's the victorious side, the side that stands with Jesus, and the side that doesn't. And so for those of us who want to live a victorious life, a life full of Jesus, built around this idea of victory, if you want to live that kind of life, then you stand with Jesus. Then you follow him. And then that's where, that's where you're at. To have a victorious life, you have to make a victorious commitment. You have to make this commitment. See, in sports, there's no champion who doesn't commit to their team or to their sport. There's no champion who doesn't do that. If you're going to commit to the degree that it's going to take to, that's going to, take to win a championship, you can't be just have a part-time commitment. You can't just have a small commitment. You can't just go partway in. 
It's got to be an all or nothing commitment. I'm going to talk about a few things tonight that will help us live a victorious life. And I'm going to go ahead and and throw this out there. I'm just going to throw it out there. But the very first thing is that you have to make a commitment. You have to make a commitment. A commitment that can change the course of the rest of your life. Now get this. Um, I I like to consider Emerge, you guys, these people right here. um, I, I like this consider this our emerge team. This is our team. But if we as emerge could make a commitment together, it would change the course of history. I strongly believe that if this group of people right here could fully commit and can make a commitment together to live for Jesus Christ, I have no doubt that we could change the course of history. So the very first thing is this, you have to have a commitment to Jesus. You have to have a commitment to Jesus. And here's what that means. If I'm committing to Jesus, I'm like, I'm not like, well, um, I'm at a merge right now and, and I'm committed. I'm at, I'm at church right now and I'm committed to Jesus. But when I get home and, and it's late at night and I start getting the snaps on my phone, um, then I'm, I'm on this other team. But then the next day I'm, I may be with my, my church friends, my Christian friends and oh, team Jesus. Let's go. J-E-S-U-S. Yeah, yeah, come on. And then, but then I go out with my other friends and, and, and I'm on this other team. And to my parents, I'm team Jesus. But at home or when I'm with my, when I'm at home alone or with, when I'm with my boyfriend or with my girlfriend, I'm not. And see, a commitment to Jesus is a commitment that says I'm on team Jesus no matter what. Now, I, a commitment to a team, uh, to team Jesus, it starts with salvation. It starts with salvation, but you got to know that commitment to team Jesus isn't the end of your journey. Just saying a prayer isn't just the end of your journey. Of, it's only the beginning of salvation. It doesn't just end when you say that salvation prayer. It's so much more than a prayer. It's about committing to a way of life that follows Jesus and follows his words and follows his teachings. See, in fact, the Bible says this in John 1, It says this, by this, we may know that we are in him. Basically, it's saying we are on his team. We're committed to team Jesus. It says by this. And then it goes on to say, was that a bomb? Um, then it goes on to say, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. What does that mean? Well, it means that if we are on his team, then we're going to follow him. If we're on his team, then we're going to follow him. It means that I'm going to listen to Jesus and do what he says. See, for those of you guys in this room who are athletes, who's athletes in here? Who are the mathletes in here? Yeah, we got some. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, you guys are going to be uh, the, our bosses uh, in the future. So um, anyway, sorry. Um, so here's the deal for our athletes. Or those who guys who have been athletes. Um, if your coach asks you to run harder, you, you run harder, right? If the coach asks you to lift weights, you're going to lift weights. Like if the coach asks you to eat right, you're going to eat right. 
If you're going to be committed, you have to do the right things that are going to lead to victory. If you're committed to Jesus and you want a victorious life, if Jesus is asking you not to live immorally, if he asks you to love others, if he asks you to to not live in sin, if he asks you to be bold and tell others about him, if you're going to to be committed, you've got to do the right things. You've got to do what your coach, what your leader is asking you to do. See, when you're committed, you work as hard as you can and you listen to your coach and do what he says if you want victory. If you want to hear what Jesus says, your coach, you have to know his words. You have to know his words. The Bible. You have to listen to listen to your, your pastors, listen to your leaders, listen to the people around you who are speaking life and the word and encouragement to you. If you want to hear what Jesus has to say, you have to know his words. You got to know his words. It's so important. Is there anyone here like you would be honest to say that you've you have a hard time hearing God's voice? Is there anyone? Yeah, I would say a lot of us do. We have a hard time hearing. It's okay to be honest. I have a hard time as well sometimes hearing God's voice. Uh, and you, you've wondered. You maybe at times you've wondered. Well, how do all these people hear from Jesus? But I never have. See, to hear God's voice, you have to know His words. To hear God's voice, you have to know his words. It's not, it, it may not be easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. At the end of the day, knowing his words will lead to a victorious life. See, the next thing you have to do, you have to commit to sacrifice. See, sacrifice is this. Sacrifice is basically giving up things that are wrong and living for what's right. You have to give up things. You have to make sacrifice. You have to cut things out of your life. You have to give up things, sins and things that are wrong and live for what's right. Every champion, every person who has lived a victorious life has had to make a sacrifice. Do you think LeBron James or Steph Curry, do you think the only time they play basketball is when they're on TV? No, then, then that's like a, just a small percentage of, of the time that they put into it, that they put into their, that the efforts that they put into their sport, then why is it that the only time we play Christian is when we're at church? And maybe not even then half the time. See, the time these guys, the the, the time these guys play on TV is just a small percentage of, of the time that they're on the court. They're up early. They put money into this. They put time into this. They put hard work. They put effort into this. They, they don't do things that, that could be fun so they could focus on this. They, they sacrifice. They sacrifice things that they could be doing in order to be victorious. See, for us as, as Christians, we're committed to Team Jesus. In order to live a victorious life, we know sometimes Jesus calls us to sacrifice things in our lives, to leave things behind, not because it's easy, but because it's worth it. And I, I've got to be honest with you guys. I've battled with Jesus on some of these things. Some of these things he's asking me to give up or some of these things he's asking me to, to stop doing. And, and, and got to be honest, like it, it may not even be terribly bad things. It, it may not even be sins, but things that he's asking me to give up. And you're like, why? Why do I need to stop doing this, God? It's not even a sin. 
And sometimes he's asking, up, asking us, asking you guys to give up things in your life. And let's look at the Bible, what the Bible says real fast. Hebrews 12, 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also, watch this part, I want you to catch this, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And I want us to look at that part. It says, lay aside every weight and sin. See, what that's saying is he's saying there's sins in your life, but he's, saying, he's also saying there's weights in your life. There's things in your life that are keeping you from living a victorious life. These weights may not be really even bad things, but if it's not God's plan for us to live victoriously, then it's things we need to cut from our lives. Has anyone ever tried to run with weights on? You ever tried to do, or like, like give someone a piggyback ride and you try to run and eventually you're like, like your legs are like turning into jello and like you're about to fall down and like, it's no fun. And so what this is saying is like, you've got these weights on, on your shoulders, on your back, you're carrying around in your life, maybe not physical weights, maybe, maybe people, maybe friends, maybe certain things in your life that you're doing that aren't necessarily bad things. But they're keeping you from focusing on Jesus. And you're like, you're like, I've got these weights and like, I just ate Chipotle and now I got to run. Like, that's a heavy weight to bear, but it's so good. Anyways, I'm sorry. Um, but maybe you've got some weights in your life. Things that are hold you, holding you back from living a victorious life uh, for Jesus. And maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a lack of discipline. And the Bible says that to, to lay aside, to put off, to put away every weight so we can run the race that's set before us. See, now Jesus himself, he, he set the tone to live a victorious lifestyle. Jesus, he set the tone. See, Jesus didn't give up his life for us. He didn't just give up his life for us. He gave up the life for us. He gave up all of heaven to come to earth as a man and live a perfect life, taking our sin and our shame and dying with it on a cross so that we don't have to. He led the way and he's the one, he's the example, he's the one that we follow. He led the way and he showed us what sacrifice looks like. But what came on the other end of Jesus' sacrifice See, do you guys think it would, Jesus would say it was all worth it to die on a cross? Do you think Jesus would say it was worth it? See, because on the other end of Jesus' sacrifice, what he went through on that cross for us, see, on the other end of his sacrifice was victory. See, on the other end of, of sacrifices Jesus is asking us to make in our lives, that's victory too. See, the great thing about this victorious life that we're called to live is, is that we're not called to do it alone. We're not called to go it alone. So if we're going to commit to a victorious life, you got to commit to the team. you got to commit to the team. Um, see, this, this Jesus thing, this church thing, um, the, it, it's a team sport. We're in this together. We're working together. We're together on this. That's why we say that here, here at Emerge Youth Church, in our group, that's why one of our values is that we're a family made of friends. Because we want to be here for each other. 
And I know, I get it. We, we have not perfected this. We're, we're not even great at it sometimes. But we want to be a group of people who love each other, who accept each other, who support each other, who pray for each other, who actually even call each other out when you're doing things wrong. We want to be a family made of friends. We're in this together. We need our team. And you need to know this. Everything you do doesn't just affect you. In fact, some of the most important things you could do either help your team or they could hurt your team. Those are the things you do when no one else is looking. See, it it not only um, affects you, but it affects your team. See, committing to your team means that in 10, 20 years, 30 years down the road, when people look back on their lives and they reflect on their lives, when they look back on their regrets and the mess-ups and the mistakes, those stories don't involve you. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, it says this, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hopes. What's that? That's our commitment right there. Let us hold fast. Fast to our commitment without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another. This, this means that you hold on to your commitment, and Jesus will give you the victory in whatever you're facing. You got to stay committed. He promised it, and if He promised it, can God break a promise? No. If God promised something for us, he will follow through. And then it says, and let us consider. And when it says that, it's, it's saying Jesus is coming through with a victory. So how, how, so how can we um, continue to stir up, to, to challenge our friends to, towards love and towards good works? Not shame and regrets, but to love and to good works. Like how? Well, well, the verse goes on to say this. Not neglecting meeting together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day drawing near. And he's talking about the day that Jesus is coming back. Would you guys say, with the shape that our world's in now, would you, would you say that um, it's drawing closer and coming closer and closer to Jesus' return? Like our world's pretty messed up then you need to rally your team. You need to pull your people together. This is why God gave us the church. This is why God gave us a group, a body of believers, a group of people together. We have to get committed to the team so we can be together, so we can work together, so we can encourage each other, so we can help each other. You have to get involved. No one can do it by themselves. Think about your school today. Those of you guys are on spring break. Think about your school last week. Think about your school today. Walking through your school. Those of you um, homeschool people, uh, think about walking through Walmart. I, I don't know. Not, I'm not going to say walking through your home because you'll understand why. So walking through your school, walking through Walmart, which is just about like your school, especially if you live in Independence. Um, walking through, you probably brushed shoulders with hundreds of students. If their life ended today, they would spend eternity in a real place apart from God called hell. So I, I don't love that truth, but as that is the truth. And I'm not okay with that happening. Think about that. That 
that, that's friends, that's classmates, that's, that's family, family members that don't know Jesus. And that one day that final, final buzzer will sound. And which side will they be on? See, we've got to be all about reaching people, about sharing the love of Christ with people, about finding people who are lost and leading them to Jesus. See, the final thing that we have to commit to is we have to get in the game. We got to get in the game. See, here, here's one of my favorite things about Jesus. One of my favorite things about Jesus. Like, he could win the game all by himself. He could do this all by himself. Like, he's, he's even better than Kobe. Okay, yeah. All right, he could do this all by himself. Like, but, and, and he could have us just sitting in the stands watching. But that's not the game that he plays. He invites us, he welcomes us to be in the game with him. But you've got to get out of the stands and you've got to get in the game. And here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 36. It says, for you have, you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. It's saying you need to commit, commit so that when you've done the will of God, that when, when you've been in the game, that you can receive the championship, that you can receive the victory. Verse 37, it says, For yet in a little while, while the coming one will not delay, but my righteous uh, one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. See, that, that's kind of tough to take in. But it's true. Let me ask you this. What's, what's your state right now? How are you living? Where are you living? What's your state right now? Let me show you this real quick. Verse 39. And, and this is the team that I want to be on. It says, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve their souls. We don't shrink back. When things get tough, when times get tough, when things get difficult, we don't just stand back and be like, yeah, you got this. You can do it. No, we're on the team. We work hard. We're in this together. We get in the game and we are champions and we are victorious. You, you got to risk your life to get your life. You gotta, if you protect your life, you lose your life. When we get in the game, incredible things can happen. Uh, Kristen, would you come play keys? So I'm going to ask you tonight to make a commitment. I'm going to ask everyone in this room tonight to make a commitment. <clears throat> Maybe a commitment for you tonight in this room is that, uh, that you have never accepted Jesus into your life before. And if you want to live a victorious life, it starts with Jesus. For some of you, you need to be baptized. Baptism is putting on that jersey and saying that you're on God's team. For maybe some of you, you need to get in the game. You just need to get in the game. You need to get involved. You need to be on the team. You need to serve. We say here that saved people serve people. If you're a child of God, if you accepted him in your life, then it's your responsibility to serve others and to show that love to others. Find a spot to serve in the church. Serve once a month. We need media people to help. We need people to greet at the doors. We need, we need help. Find a place. If you can't find a place, make a place. Be involved. What I want you to ask yourself is, is, is there a deeper commitment that I need to make tonight? 
Is there a deeper commitment? See that, that video that we watched at the very beginning of that kid who, who put on the Clemson hat. He can put on the hat, but until he signs what's called a letter of intent to that school, he can still change his mind. He's still got time to change his mind. See, this is a legally binding letter that commits him to that school. See, tonight, what I've done for you guys, and just uh, it may be just kind of a silly way to be looking at this, but I've got letters for you all tonight. And no, these aren't legally binding letters. I can't force you tonight to commit to Jesus. But I'm going to ask you to consider making this commitment tonight and, and, and sign your name to it. And, and here's what it looks like. Basically, and, and after you sign this, I want you to put it in your room, put it up to where you'll see it, put it up to where you'll remember the commitment that you made to Jesus. And here's what it says. It says, I commit to following Jesus, even when it's hard. No matter what circumstances I'm in, I will listen and do what he says. I commit to do the right thing, even when nobody's watching. I will give my time and effort to this cause, realizing it's bigger than myself. I will not take the easy way out, because I know that my actions not only affect me, but my teammates also. I will lean on my team when I need help, rather than trying to make it on my own. I commit to do my part. No riding the bench. I'm getting in the game. And there's a place where you can sign your name.